If you know the song, you can sing it with me. Great is our faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Come on, keep going. All that I need in thy hand have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto thee. Y'all sounded beautiful. Y'all sounded beautiful. Sometimes you got to sing those songs like those, you have to sing those old hymns. Not like, yes, it's for God, but you got to remind you sometimes, right? That song is not talking about great is thy like past faithfulness. It's a, it's a present song. Great is thy faithfulness, which is right now. All that I need, um, your hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. It's talking about a right now faithfulness. It's not talking about a later faithfulness. You're thanking him for what you don't have. You're thanking him for what you don't have. God, great is thy faithfulness. I don't have it, but I know I got it in you. Amen? If this is your first time here, I'm so glad you're here. My name is Pastor Jeremy. Um, We're a talking church, so if you hear people talking and and talking back to me, I like that kind of stuff. Um, See, thank you, brother. He he gets it. That's That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm, yeah. Because y'all think we're just going to be sitting silent in heaven, and it's not. It's going to be a party, right? Jesus is going to be playing the best kind of music. And so um, we're talking church. Before we get into it, we've been in a series called And, A-N-D. And we defined, and, and the dictionary defines and as um, added to, plus, and also at the same time. And we've been, we talked last week was our anniversary, and we talked that God, for Pioneer Church, the words that he gave us, that God is going to establish and settle us. And, and we, we had some leadership come up, and we talked about leadership. This is the last week for and. Who enjoyed this series so far? Amen, right? Not everyone? I did. I enjoyed preaching it. I thought it was great. I'm not going to lie. When I first, when God first gave me the revelation, I could have preached this for the end of the year because there's so many and things in the Bible. And so um, we know that the word and is, is it's, it joins two things and it means at the same time. And uh, I, I really do believe, I wanted to talk about us family this Sunday. I wanted to talk about us as believers in Christ and followers in Christ and I realize that some of us, we live with a different mindset. We live with this mindset like that everything we do and, and the Christ that we follow, that we're doing these things because we have to perform. Because that's been on my heart, like performance Christianity. You have to understand, Jesus didn't die for you to perform. He died so that you may have life and life abundantly. He didn't die so that you could say, so you have to be like, all right, if I do these things right, then he's going to love me more. And if I say these things correct, and if I pray this many times a day, and, and if I do this, the, then Jesus will love me more or God will love me more. And that's not, that's not it. That's a dangerous mentality because that means your salvation is based upon what you do and not based upon what Jesus did on the cross. 
And so this week, what I wanted to talk about is I think so many times as believers, we live our life, we live our Christian lives in this dangerous place because we live our lives thinking that, okay, I'm going to do this and the blessings I'm going to get are in heaven. Right? Anyone ever hear that? Like, you're just doing it. You're just adding up to your blessings in heaven. And I don't, I think our father's good enough that he's not just withholding blessings for heaven. See, we have to understand that in the Bible and as followers of Christ, that blessings aren't just reserved for heaven. And so I wanted to talk to you guys this week because I wanted you guys to understand that everything that our Father has isn't just reserved for heaven, isn't just maintained in heaven. I believe, and I know this to be true of my dad, that as we follow Christ, the blessings that Christ has for us is for earth and heaven. What? This is not, trust me, this is not prosperity gospel preaching, y'all. I'm not saying like, oh, God's trying to give you Mercedes Benz. That's, that's not me. Y'all know that. That's not me. But I believe that sometimes we live, we don't live in the fullness of, of, of who our father is because we just believe that we're working towards the end of the end, when we die or when we meet Jesus face to face. And you got to understand that the blessings that God has for us, he wants us to experience now and and heaven. How do I know that? How do I know that? It says that if we start, I'm kind of skipping forward in my, th- in my uh, notes, but I don't care. I'm preaching. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, we know that in Matthew, Jesus, when he, said, when he does the Lord's Prayer, he says, um, give us today our daily bread. Uh, no, he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven on let your will be done on as it is so that means we have blessings to experience on as it is see you got to understand that there are things that are, are happening in your life and they're going to take time and they're going to manifest on earth as it is you got to understand that everything that God has for you was already scripted in, in, in Jesus' hand in heaven. And it's just we're just waiting for it to come to earth. So you have to understand that prayer is just a request for what God's already done in heaven. When you're following the will of God, you're not twisting the arm of God and saying, could you give this to me, please? Could you, do, you don't have to do that. You don't have to stomp your feet. You don't have to throw a pity party because when you're walking in the will of God, God is saying, I've already established your foothold in heaven. You don't got to fight for it. You don't got to battle for it. Just ask me for it because I've already established what I have for you on earth in heaven. He, your dad's got everything you need. When we shift into this place of manipulation, when we shift into this place where we're trying to figure things out, I always find that I I wear myself out because I'm burnt out because I'm like, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do that. And if I do this right, God's going to be happy with me. And if I do this, maybe it'll put, put me in his good graces. Listen, God is not your earthly father. He's the perfection of your earthly father. Everything that your daddy on, on, everything that your father on earth wasn't, God is to the fullest of the degree. You don't have to write him. You don't have to say, God, I'm doing these things so that you love me more. He says, I already loved you. How do I know? Because he's like, while you were in your sin, I already loved you. 
While you didn't want to have communion with me, I already loved you. You don't have to try and twist my arm. Plus, your arms are too little and my arms are too big. His arms are too big. We must, there, I, I, listen, guys, I'm, I'm proud of what the Holy Spirit put in me. I have five distinct points this week. You guys know I usually don't preach points. I usually have a theme, but, you know, we know the theme is earth and heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. If you want to experience the blessings, the, the, the blessings from the promises that God has for you, the first thing you must understand are you guys, you guys can write this down. Blessings from heaven are not performance-based. They are free gifts to children who have been redeemed and find their identity in Christ. And they're not performance-based. How do I know this? Look at John 1.12. It says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. They're not performance-based. All the blessings that God has for you on, on earth has been ordained in heaven, and you don't have to perform. They're free gifts to obedient children. It says that to those who've been redeemed. What does redeemed mean? I think sometimes, anyone ever heard the redeemed growing up in church? Are, are you redeemed, brother? And I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, all I knew of was redeemed was, like, getting a prize. Like, redeem your free prize, you know. Or when you get older, you get excited. It's like, redeem your free cake. Yes, Jesus. What does redeem mean? Redeem means to be bought back, to redeem it, to bring it back. And you're saying, what do you mean we've been bought back? Pastor, what does that mean? See, when God created Adam in the beginning in Genesis, he created them to do a job. Now, through man's will and through man's desire, we messed that up a little bit, right? Just a little bit. Adam didn't do We messed that up. But Jesus came to be the redemption for mankind. That's like if someone stole my weed eater. And you're like, where are you going with this? If someone stole my weed eater and I was like, well... I don't know how to weed eat. I can't get this stuff done. My grass is just going to look unedged and gross. Like, what am I going to do? And someone says, hey, I'm the guy who stole your weed eater. weed eater. Give me $500, and you'll get it back. Some of us will be like, I ain't paying no $500 for that weed eater. But that's my weed eater. I have we've been through stuff together. And so because that is my weed eater... I'm going to say, yeah, here's the $500 because that is my special weed eater. And so we, I go and I buy it back. See, there's, there's a, it's called being redeemed, like redeemed and, and, and uh, recommissioned almost. Like I go and buy my weed eater back, and what do I do? Do I just put my weed eater in the garage and say, I got my weed eater back? It's back. No. I have to put that weed eater back to work. See, Christ didn't call us to be trophy Christians. He didn't redeem us and buy us back just to say, all right, now sit on the shelf and don't do anything and just look pretty. No, he's like, you got to get back to work because there's grass that's growing that needs to be cut. There's people whose souls are dying left and right. I didn't redeem you by accident. I redeemed you for a purpose. So many of us are, we want to be trophy Christians. 
I'm redeemed, I'm set free, I have K-Love and stickers on my car that show I'm a Christian, like, we eat at Chick-fil-A four nights out of the week, so we are really, really, really saved. No, I don't want to be a trophy Christian. God is saying that there's people out there who need to hear the gospel. I didn't redeem you to sit on the bench, I redeemed you to get in the game. Get in the game. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Not by works. God didn't redeem us and send his son and have his blood pour out for all of us. He didn't redeem us because he wanted us to be trophy Christians. He didn't, we don't have to work for redemption. We don't have to say, all right, if I share the gospel with these people, God's, God's salvation is going to be stronger in me. No, no, no. He says, it's a free gift. I'm going to redeem you because I want relationship with you. There's nothing from you that I need. I just want you. You can't give me nothing. But I just want relationship with you. I want to redeem you and I want to set you apart because I have a job specifically for you. And guess what? There's no performance-based bonuses at this job. You're doing this because you just love me. I'm mad. So today is Tasha and I's seventh wedding anniversary. We've been married for seven years. Thank you, guys. She's been blessed for seven years, y'all. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, she's got, I mean, come on, Tasha. You... Answer to prayer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But in the seven years of being married, at no point was it just like easy. Was it a cakewalk, right? I think some of us get married and we're like, oh, it's going to be easy. Psh, marriage, easy. If marriage was easy, everyone would be together for the rest of their lives, right? But it's not. There are difficulties. And you have to understand, we have to consciously make a decision to choose each other every single day. Every single day, month by month. We have to make the conscious decision to say, I'm going to stick this out with you because I love you. And sometimes you're like, I'm just going to stick this out with you because I don't know where else where I would go. You know what I mean? And it's like that sometimes. That's real life. Come on, y'all. Don't act like y'all got it together. Sometimes you're like, I don't know where I'll go. And if I was by myself, I'd eat fast food every single day. So. And there are rough seasons, and there are great seasons, and then there are rough seasons, and it goes like this. And sometimes you have to understand that our relationship with God is not easy because if the relationship with God was so easy, everyone would be doing it. Everyone would be living righteously. Everyone would be having this, this relationship with the Father. But, and, and in that relationship, the problem isn't him. The problem is us. But you've been redeemed and you've been set free. You've been set free. Blessings from heaven, they're not performance-based. I mean, how many of us, we have a job that is performance-based, right? If you hit this milestone, if you hit this marker, if you do these things, and if you do that thing, you'll get a promotion, you'll get recognition, you'll get a bonus, you'll get this and you'll get that. And so, so many times we take that and that invades our relationship because that's a very humanistic mindset that invades our relationship with Christ, right? How many times have, has any of us caught each other doing that, right? Where we wake up and we have good days and bad, bad days, and we put ourselves on this scale of good days and bad days. And a good day is like, I woke up, 
I had coffee. I read my Bible at Starbucks where people can see me. I prayed for someone, and I even held their hands, and I didn't want to, so that's sacrifice. <laughs> I, sp- I gave my spouse some of my fries when I usually give them none. So uh, today was a good day in Christ. And then we put, our scales on the, on, on, we put ourselves on the scales of a bad day. I woke up late. I was running late. I had my, my coffee was cold. Memphis drivers say no more, right? I might have cursed someone out. I don't know. I got nasty in an email per my prior email. Today was a bad day. And the thing is, we look at both of those days and we say, Oh, on my good days, I don't need that much grace. And on my bad days, I need a lot of grace. When the mindset should really be, on my good days and bad days, God, I need your grace. God, I need your mercy. I don't care what the outcome of the day is. I know your grace and your mercies are new every morning. See, you have to understand that this gospel that we talk about is not only for the saint, it's for the sinner as well. Because the gospel addresses the saint and the Pharisee within us sometimes. It addresses the sinner, the sinner and the Pharisee. The gospel says to the Pharisee, hey, you need grace today. The gospel says to the sinner, guess what? You got brand new grace today. Number one. Number two. Every blessing you receive and experience on earth was created and made in heaven and given to you by our Father. It was given to you. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Where is it from? Where is it from? Coming down from the Father of the heavenly light who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift is from above. And what I, what I love that is there's another verse in Matthew. I'm going to read it to you guys. And this is the Passion Translation, Matthew 7, 9 through 11. It says, do you know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asked for a food or a plate rocks instead? Or when asked for a piece of fish, what parent would offer his child a snake? Number one, I I wouldn't offer my child a snake because I don't like snakes. So, And in verse 11 it says, if you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly father ready to give you wonderful gifts to those who ask? Every good and perfect gift is from above. It's saying everything that you experience on earth, every good and perfect blessing is from above. And it's not from a place of resentment, and it's not from a place of I have to. It comes from a good and loving father who says, I don't have to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. You don't have to force me. I chose to do this. I chose to send my son to die on the cross to have a relationship with you. I chose that. That's why every blessing is from above is good and perfect. See, we give gifts as parents and we try our best. Sometimes we do really great and sometimes they say you burn the first pancake. And so, you know, we try our best. We do. But sometimes we miss it because we're imperfect. And think about all your good intentions. Some of you guys don't have like legitimate kids, but you have like fur kids, right? And you think about your intentions. 
And you're like, I have good intentions and I wanted to do the best. And sometimes it's not received that way. But God says, if you know how to give good gifts, yet you are imperfect, how much more does a father in heaven know all of your needs? See, you have to understand, we live lives in time. How much more does the father in heaven look at the entire span of our lives and stands outside of time and he goes, I'm going to bless you right now. Because sometimes as parents, we give good gifts out of the right time, right? Like giving your seven-year-old an iPhone without any restrictions. Good gift. Bad thing. Uh, trust me, I worked with the company. I know. Giving your child an open access to something with the Internet. Good gift. Not wise. But what does the scripture say? It says every good and perfect gift is from above. See, you have to understand that the good and perfect gift is not only good because it's given, it's good because it's given at the right time. It's not, it's not just good and perfect because he just gave it to you. It's good and perfect because he saw in your life at the right time that you should receive it when you could handle it. See, sometimes we want blessings and we want things out in the wrong time. And then we see how it changes and corrupts us. And you're like, well, God gave this to me. It's just like, no, 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 you chose that. Because I've said this before, the right, time, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. He says every good and perfect gift from above. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Point three, it says, when we let go of the things Jesus asked us to let go of, you gain a mere glimpse, less than a fraction, a small piece of the larger reward in heaven. When we let go of everything, when we let go of the things that we find security in, right? I'm not just saying to like go just give away your car because you need your car to get to work. What I'm saying is when you say, God, I want to let go of all the things that are hindering me to get to you. God, I want to let go of all the, the, the mindsets. I want to let go of all the behaviors. I want to let go of all the habits. And sometimes it's like, God, I want to let go of all the material things that are hindering me from having a true and full relationship with you. I want to let go of these things. That's when we experience these blessings, right? And what and the thing is, we'll experience blessings on earth and we'll say, "Oh wow, that was amazing. That was so good." But you have to understand that in heaven, it's 100 million times better than what your brain can fathom. How do you Pastor, how do you know? That's a bold claim. You ain't never been to heaven. You don't know. How you how you know that? It says it right here in scripture. It says in Matthew 19, it says, Peter answered him. Peter answered him. We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? And Jesus said to him, truly I tell you, and this is Jesus' words, truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on the 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 29, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. And the many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. When I read, I remember reading that verse when I was younger, and I didn't get it. It was like, 
leave your brothers or sisters or father or mother or abandon them or leave just leave your children? No, he's not just talking about abandonment. He's like, hey, when they're living a lifestyle or living something that's not that's not me and I've called you out and I've called you with a purpose and you're saying, you know what? I love them and that's my family and I'll be with them forever, but I'm not going to live that lifestyle anymore. I'm going to walk in Christ Jesus and I'm going to walk strong. You guys got to understand there's a detachment that happens. You're saying goodbye to your past. Does that mean you don't have a relationship? No. It just means I'm not doing what they're doing because I've let that all go and I want all that I need in Christ Jesus. You think, you think the world is divided right now because of politics? You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to abandon my family over politics. I'm not going to abandon them over, over stuff that's earthly. But I will set a standard in my household. You need to set a standard in your household. Where you live, your apartment just says, hey, y'all can do what you want to do outside of this house. But when you step in this house, there's a, there's a standard of righteousness in here. And we're not going to live below that. And see, that's what he means. That, see, that causes, right, that causes a rift sometimes. Well, how come, you don't, how come you don't vote Democrat or Republican? Because I just believe Jesus holds it all together and man does not have the solution. Well, how come you don't come out in, to the club with us? Listen, I told you I've been redeemed and renewed. I don't need to do that anymore. Man, ain't nothing will cause more division than when you choose to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross and follow him. You guys got to understand, Tasha and I were talking about this as we were driving yesterday, is that sometimes I think as Christians we feel like, oh, I'm an outcast. But I'm not an outcast anymore because I identify with this political party or identify with this lifestyle. And, and God is not calling us to identify with anything. God is calling us to be outcasts everywhere. We're not walking this earth to fit in. We're, often, we're walking this earth to stand out. See, Jesus, went, Jesus was unpopular. And if you're a Christian and you call the name of Jesus and he lives in your heart, he's going to call you to do unpopular things. He's going to call you. He's, he's going to say, hey... Put your feet on this word. I don't care what they're saying. Plant your feet on this word. But God, they're not going to like me. They didn't like me either. Plant your feet on this word. Because it says it. Amen. It says it in scripture. It says it in scripture. It said that it said, there was a point in scripture, and I read it last week. He says that they wanted to grab him, but they could not place their hands on him because it was not his time. So you got to understand whether it's good or bad. As long as you're in the will of Jesus, it cannot put its hands on you until the proper time. Because if it's great, that means Jesus provided it. If it's bad, that means he's going to bring you through it. If it's a trial, he's going to bring you through it. Number four. So, so that others may experience Christ through you. You are blessed to be a blessing to others. Hear that. That's point number four. So that others may experience Christ through you, you are blessed to be a blessing to others. I think sometimes we have a hoarder mentality or a hoarder spirit and we want to be blessed 
all the time, but yet we don't use our blessing to bless someone else. See, now the blessing becomes a curse because we're holding it all for ourselves and we're not sharing it amongst our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. See, the blessing becomes a curse when, God, when we don't look at the gift giver, but we just focus on the gift. Oh, thank you, you gave me what I wanted. We don't serve a credit card Jesus. He doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. We serve a God who's like, I know I've blessed you. Isn't it abundant? Isn't it more that you could understand? It's like, yeah, God, that was so much more. Why'd you give me so much? Because there's someone else you need to bless. There's a youth leader I used to have growing up. He says, when God fills the cup, he blesses the saucer. Some of y'all don't know what a saucer is. It was a small plate under the teacup. When God fills the cup, he blesses the saucer. And some of you guys are praying, God, fill me up. Fill me up. God, fill me up. And God is like, I'm filling you up. Oh, I'm there. I'm filling you up. I'm giving you all of me. I'm filling you up. And then we just become these spiritual reservoirs because we never pour out. We become these spiritual reservoirs. It's just stagnant. Some of us have read so many books. Some of us have watched so many sermons. Some of us have, have listened to so many podcasts, and yet we are not willing to be poured out. Because what is it? Knowledge just puffs up. In this word, God, you have to understand that God, when he fills you up, when he blesses you, when he fills you with his spirit, it's not so that you can hold on to it and maintain it and walk around like, oh, did you know this in the Bible? Oh, did you know this in the Bible? No, he's like, I'm filling you up so that you can be poured out again, so that you can show the love of Jesus to those who are broken. I'm filling you up with joy so that you can show someone who's going through a tri trial, this may be difficult, but I've got joy, and I hope my my joy begins to radiate off me. I'm filling you with peace just because I want to hold you together, but I want you to show everyone at your work who knows that you're going through a hard time, who knows you got a negative report from a doctor, who knows that you can't pay your bills. I'm filling you with peace so that peace can bless someone else. I want you to be the light, the salt and light at your job. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 15, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. I think so many times we like to read this during the offering moment, right? We read this during the offering moment, but we don't understand that it's not talking about money. It doesn't put a monetary value on this verse. If you sow, if you... Um, if you, if you sow joy sparingly, you'll reap joy sparingly. If you sow peace sparingly, you're going to reap peace sparingly. If you sow love sparing, I mean, if you, if you sow love sparingly, you're going to reap love sparingly. I think so many times we always think about money, like, oh, this is when it comes to money. No, no, no. This is about generosity and all the gifts that God's put in you, right? The, it, this, if the, it's the fruits of the Spirit. If you got a whole tree full of love, then give out love. I put it on Facebook a couple weeks ago. God's been doing something in my heart. I've been telling strangers I love you. It's been weird, but I'm not apologizing for it. Like, I, yeah, I've been like, yeah, man, I love you, bro. It's just something like, love you? It's my barber. Oh, well, you know. 
I told a guy, I was like, yeah, man, love you. And no, I told it was a it was a lady, she was making lunch, and I got my lunch. I was like, all right, man, love you guys. And she was like, and a part of me wanted to turn around and be like, I'm sorry, that was weird. But then I was just like, you know what? Who knows the last time she heard someone tell her that she's loved? Who knows that? Sometimes we go through our entire life, we can go through a whole week without someone telling us they love us and that we matter. So out of the abundance of love, pour out love. Out of the abundance of what you have, some of you guys, you have to understand that some of y'all have an abundance of peace, and you just got to let that peace flow out of you. You just got to. And so we're going to pick it up again. It says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So when you give out the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control, when you give out all those things, don't give it begrudgingly and be like, all right, I guess I'll be nice to you. Who's done that before? I have. All right. I guess, I guess I'll get you something to drink. But he says, I love a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, and will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. What occasion? What occasion? And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you have proved yourselves. Others will praise God. Who? Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and everyone else. It's out of generosity will people experience God. You want to you want to you want to win someone to Jesus? You want you want someone to experience Jesus? Go to the neighbor who you don't like and say, "How can I help you? I'm here for you. How can I pray for you?" go to your job and you and that other person competing for the same promotion, you say, hey, man, I want to help you do your job better. How can I help you? Ooh, that's hard to say because we both need that promotion. We both want that. That You know, go, go to someone who doesn't look like you or who doesn't believe in the same lifestyle you believe in and say, oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer prayer and generosity. Hey, man, I know, I know we have our differences, but God put it on my heart to pray for you. How can I pray for you? Hey, man, I heard that you've been going through a tough time, even though, you know, we, we don't really like each other. But uh, I heard that you can't pay your bills. So you know what? Here, let me pay this bill for you. Out of generosity. And what I notice about whenever you're generous and whenever you have this spirit of generosity on you, that it not only blesses the receiver, it blesses the giver as well. Because I find, I mean, think about this for a second, right? And then we're going to close in a couple minutes. Think about this for a second. As when Jesus multiplied the two loaves, what is it? How many loaves is it? Two fish, five loaves, right? Jesus did that miracle twice. He, he was so good. He's like, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to double down on this one. 
But I find that in generosity, think of this story. As, as Jesus prays over it and blesses it, and the disciples are like, you're going to feed all these people with them little scraps. All right. See, you got to understand that, like, they took some, and they walked out, and they were generous, and they gave it to someone. And in their mind, they're probably thinking, this is the last little bit we got, and you're the last person. People about to jump all over you and fight you. And then as they go back, oh, there's more. Okay. Where'd this come from? All right. Well, hey, man, you got the last plate. All these people about to be hungry, but we fed, right? We fed. Amen. Amen. But then they're like, all right, I'm going to go back. And then they went back, and they're like, how does this happen? There's more food here. Jesus, what you doing? You running a fish fry back there? What's going on? Where you get all this bread from? All right. You said take it out and serve that group of people? All right. They go back over, and they still see the thousands of people sitting there, and people are taking, and people are taking. It's just like, I think that's the last, y'all. I think that's the last. All right. Let's go back. Wait. Jesus' hands are still moving. He's still giving out baskets. He's still giving out. People are getting fed. I thought we just had a little. You have to understand, when Jesus holds your resources in his hands, you never run out. You're going to keep on giving, and you'll never run out. And you'll keep on serving, and you'll never run out. And you'll keep on going back. And he'll keep on filling up your basket. And you'll keep on pouring it out again. And he's like, I think that's it. That's all I got. And then Jesus goes, "Uh uh-uh, you put your resources in my hand. Come back. I got more. But wait a second. Where is this coming from? I don't understand how these bills are being paid. I don't understand how I'm paying for my kids to go to school. I don't understand how these doctor's bills are being paid. I don't get it. I just keep on pouring out, and he just keeps on replenishing. I'm starting to get tired going back and forth, but I'm going to keep going back because I got to go forth. And so I'm going to keep on praying for my enemies, and I'm going to keep on serving those who don't love me, and I'm going to keep on loving them, and I'm going to keep on serving them because I am exhausted. I am burnt out. I feel like every time I go back, every time I pour myself out, I'm emptied again. But every time I go back, there's an abundance of what I need. There's always overflowing. He doesn't run out. Every single time. When I thought I gave out all the love I had, I thought I was done with loving people. I thought I was done. But something happens when I poured out my love on my enemies or when I poured out my love to someone who needed it. When I went back to church last week, I got something in me and it filled me up again. And I'm ready to be poured out again. I was filled up with peace, and I thought I was done with peace. I was, had so much calamity going on. But I realized that when I sat next and I put my head on the Prince of Peace, he filled me up with peace again. And I was able to pour out peace in my home. And I was able to pour out peace at my work. And I was able to pour out, and I thought I was empty. See, some of y'all, the reason why you're empty because you didn't go back. You didn't go back. Some of y'all are running on empty because you thought you saw the little bit that was on the table and you're like, well, that's it. I'm not going to go back. But you have to understand that when Jesus is holding your resources, he, does, he multiplied it as soon as you started walking away. As soon as he saw your faith to walk away and just serve, he's like, oh, I got you. Wait till you come back. Because I give exceedingly and abundantly all that you could ask or all that ever you could ever desire. See, you got to keep coming back. 
You got to keep coming back. Some of y'all been running on E. Some of y'all just been walking around with an empty basket being like, I don't know when this is going to get filled. Did you go back? Did you go back to the one who holds all your resources? Chris, you can come up. Um, in Acts 2.42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Now he's talking about the church, right? So we're talking about the church. So that others may experience Christ through you, you are blessed to be a blessing. That's four. It says in Acts 2.42 to 47, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and the signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Everything in common does not mean uniform, right? We talk about this often. There's a difference between uniform and unity. Uniform says we all need to look alike and act alike. Unity says I'm going to bring my difference to the table and we're going to be together. It says they sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Y'all know this is my kind of church. Eating together. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, look at the story about the bread and the fish. Before Jesus preached to them, what did he do? He fed them. Some of y'all, before you come to church, if you're going to receive this word, eat some breakfast. Because sometimes this word be just dense and you got an empty belly. And Verse 47, it says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is my last, last point. Man, preaching points is exhausting. I like it though. It kept me on it kept me on on pace. Verse, thank you. Thank you. Love that. See, she's going to get encouragement. She's pouring it out and she's going to get it back. You see, y'all got to y'all got to understand how heaven works sometimes. You, I'm not saying all of it, but you got to understand the basics. This is on earth as it is in heaven. Verse point 5. You ready for this? You have everything you need in Christ Jesus, and he will grant you the desires of your heart according to his good and perfect will. On earth as it is in heaven, you have everything you need. When you gave your heart to Jesus, you signed your name on the ledger, on the document. He loved you so much, he's like, I got your name tattooed on my hand. So anytime I decide to look down, I know your name is there. And he says, hey, when you're in me, you have everything you need. But I thought, you know, it's just everything I need in heaven. No, no, no. Everything you need on earth, as I've already decreed and declared in heaven, you have everything you need. Psalm says to delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself. In 2 Peter 1, 3-4 it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Those these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by its evil desires. And then in Philippians 4.19 it says, and Paul says as he's talking to the church of Philippians, he says, and my God will meet all of your needs. And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory 
in Christ Jesus. Now and forever, and the entire church said, Amen. Amen. You, you want, you have everything you need in Christ Jesus. He said he wants to, he says, delight yourself in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. See, that's a tricky scripture because I've heard people misquote that time and time again and say, well, the Lord says he'll give you the desires of your heart. It's like, yeah, but you need to delight yourself in him. There's a part like you have to make yourself happy in him and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I'm not talking about the fleshy desires of your heart. I'm talking about the desires of your heart according to his will. Because what does scripture say? We said this a couple weeks ago. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be granted unto you, will be given unto you. You have everything you need in Christ Jesus and the moment you receive it is according to his will and to his grace and to his mercy. And I don't want to be ignorant. And you're saying, well, look at all these blessings and, and I want to experience these blessings. And you may be sitting in this room and you may be watching online and saying, Pastor, I want to experience these blessings. And I, how come my life doesn't look like I experience these blessings? And I want to ask you one simple question. Were you brought into the family? Were you redeemed? Everything I talked about, everything I talked about is available to you right now. But you have to do what the scripture says. You must repent with your mouth and turn away from your life and say, God, I don't want my old life. Everything that this pastor preached about, I want the blessings on earth as it is in heaven. And so please, I want to be a part of that. And Jesus is just saying, come on, come on, give your life to me. But God, that's so much. I know, but I've got so much more to give you. Give your life to me. I'm running, God, I'm running on E. I know you're running on E. I've redeemed you and I've renewed you. God, I got hurt by the church. I know you got hurt by the church. I know the church hurt you. Come to me. I'm going to renew you. I'm going to set you apart. It says to all who call on his name, they will be their children of most God. And even in 1 John 3, I believe it says how great the Father loves, loves on us, that, his, that he lavishes on us. So we don't have to walk around like, like broke sons and daughters. It says that he lavishes on us, that he's proud of us. In Zephaniah, it says that he sings over us. He rejoices over us. If my mom were to sing over to me, I'd be like, stop, your voice is terrible. But your father in heaven, he looks at you with joy and he sings over you. And there's a song with your name on it that you probably won't ever hear until you get to heaven. And that's the song he sings over you. You're set apart. If you want to experience everything, everything, everything you heard me talk about, if you want to experience everything that God wants to do through you and for you, you want to experience those things, you have to give him your life. The kingdom of heaven is like a pearl hidden in the, in the, in the, in the farmland. He says that when, when the farmer found it, he sold everything he had. I guess the question for you is like, what are you willing to give up? You want all of heaven? You want to be resourced by all of heaven? What are you giving up? Because I can tell you what you're giving up in the long run. <laughs> you got all of eternity in front of you. With every 
head bow and every eye closed. And even though it was online, I went a little bit over today because I really wanted to bring this point home. This God's been really been putting this on my heart, and and this is this is this is God speaking. This is the Holy Spirit just speaking through me because there are people in this room who are not experiencing the fullness of, of the blessing because they think like, oh, I'm just working for heaven. And God is like, no, I'm blessing you on earth as it is in heaven. You have to understand that I've already created. God is saying, I've already set you apart. If you would just give me your heart, just so have a relationship with me and you can experience abundant blessing. And guess what? My blessing doesn't look like the world's blessing because the world's blessing will rot and decay. But my blessings are forever and ever and ever. If you're in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you want to take this moment and turn your life to Jesus, say, God, I've sinned. I want to repent. I want to turn away from my old life. And I want to be more like your son because he says when I walk with your son that I have everything I need. That even though I may feel like I'm running out, there's more there. And I want that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, could you raise your hand? I see you. I see you. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. What's crazy is that you guys raised your hand right now on earth, right? And you said, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be included in that prayer. And you raised your hand on earth. And it says that in all of heaven, that heaven is in an uproar right now. Because you raised your hand and you said, God, I want a strong relationship with you. And I want to walk with you. And I want to talk with you. And I want my name in heaven. Because he, he said, on earth as it is in heaven. So let's pray. Father, I pray for every person online or every person who's listening at this point. Lord God, I pray right now that as they turn their life over to you, as they walk in relationship with you, that you walk with them and you talk with them and that you show them, Lord God, that they are your own. And Lord God, I pray that they repent for their sins. I pray for the re repentance of sins, that they turn away from their wickedness and that you've redeemed them, Lord God, that they believe and they decree that you've redeemed them and that you've set them apart. And you've renewed them. Thank you, Father, that you fill us up to be poured out again. Thank you, Father, that you've been good. That even when we think we're running out, when we put our resources in your hands, you fill it up again. In Jesus' name. And Amen. Amen. If you made that decision this morning, we're just so happy and just welcome to the family. Amen. Y'all, let's, let's clap for those who made that decision. Um, but it doesn't just stop there. Um, you have to get planted. You have to get involved. You have to connect. And so that leads perfectly into what I'm about to talk about, um, getting connected. And that's one thing we love here at Pioneer. We're a community. We're a family. And we want you to be a part of that. We want you, we always, Pastor Jeremy always says, we want you to belong before you believe. And so we want you to be a part of the family. And a way to do that is to get connected. So if you did make that decision today, or if you are new and you haven't filled out a Connect card, um, please do so. You can do it at the back table. Or those of you who are watching online, if you made that 
decision, you can also um, do that on our website at pioneerchurch.com slash connect. Um, and if you are here, if you want to drop that connect card in our flower pots back there, that's what we use for offering as well. Um, we will get in contact with you. and We just want to get to know you more and just be a part of your journey and, and be involved with your, with your life because that's what we do here. We're involved with each other. We do community together and we don't want you to know that you, or you're not alone in this. You're not alone in this fight um, because it is a fight. Amen. And we have to fight with the, not with each other, but alongside each other. Um, so please get connected in that way. And then another way you can get connected um, is through our homesteads, our small groups. Um, we've been, they've been running for a few weeks now. Um, we have two different groups going on. Um, one group is called Pioneering Your Finances, and it's led by Courtney and Cody Beaumont. Um, so we actually have a new day and time on that. So if you've been a part of it before, the day is going to change. Um, just some scheduling uh, conflict, but we're going to now have it on Wednesday nights. So right in the middle of the week, it's going to be Wednesdays at six, still going to be on the third floor in one of the rooms up there. Um, so pioneering your finances will be not this coming Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. And this Wednesday is going to be pioneering your relationships, which um, Pastor Jeremy and myself lead. Um, in the first session we had, it was just a great turnout, and it was it was just a good time. We're just sharing um, what the Lord has put on our heart um, about relationship and, and whatever state of a relationship you're in, whether you're single, dating, engaged, married, um, whatever state you're in, it's a great group to be a part of because we just want to share and do life together and learn from our mistakes because we are not perfect by any means. And I said, we've been married seven years um, today, but it has not been an easy journey. And we've only done it because of, of Christ being the center. And that's what we want to um, show you is with Christ at the center, you can really truly pioneer your relationship um, in that aspect. And the same thing with your finances, um, just showing you how to be a steward of what God has given you and being obedient with that. Um, and here at Pioneer, we do um, believe in generosity and believe in being a good steward of your finances and just giving out of obedience. And so we do give you a few different ways that you can give and sow in not only to this ministry, but to um, missionaries and children around the world. Um, and, and this year, we, we want to expand our reach. We want to give more than what we've given before. And you help us do that by being obedient to give. Um, so you can do that online at Pioneer Church com slash give. Um, you can also text the amount to 84321 and it will lead you to a link to fill out your information. Um, if you're watching online and you want to send something in, you can do that to our PO box address, which everything should be on the screen and also online on the bottom of the screen you're viewing on. And then if you're here in person and you want to sow a seed um, physically, you can do that with our giving envelopes in the back. And I mentioned this before, but we have flower pots because we do believe in sowing a seed. Um, and where you sow something, you will reap. Um, and it's just about... How much do you want to reap? Do you want to reap sparingly or do you want to reap generously? So we, we ask that you just give out of the obedience of what God is leading you to give. Um, let me go back real quick. I forgot to mention where to sign up for small groups. I just remembered that. Um, so you can do it on our website at pioneerchurch.com slash small groups or slash connect, and you can get involved there. You don't need to purchase any resources. We provide them all for you. So that's another thing. We just want to make it as simple as possible to get involved and get plugged in. Um, 
But I think that's all the announcements. Am I good? Okay. Um, well, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to be dismissed. But it was just such an amazing morning, just experiencing the presence of God together. And I'm just so happy. Yeah, amen. Just so happy each and every one of you decided to join us in person and online. Um, so let's pray together before we leave. God, we just love you. And we thank you and, and know that you did some amazing work this morning. I pray that what we've experienced here, it doesn't stay here, oh God, but it goes with us throughout our week that we can share um, out of the abundance of what you give us, oh God, that you, we can share that love and joy and peace to those around us, um, that we won't be stagnant Christians, oh God, but we will pour out and continue to pour out that you can refill us, oh God. I pray that you will bring us together safely next week so we can worship you together as a community, Lord, and as family of believers. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for what you've done in this house this morning. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.